What's up? What's happening? Welcome in. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We got a good one for you today. It's a Vibe Check Wednesday. Uh, obviously, our schedule a little shifted thanks to New Year's, but a Vibe Check Wednesday here on the Hoffman Show, meaning we'll take your calls coming up in about 10 minutes at 301-230-0980. You'll get Logan Paulson's take on the quarterback situation uh, and take command coming up at and kind of the long-term quarterback situation, take command coming up at the top of the hour. Be joined by our friend Mitch Tischler later in the show as well, and it is a Wednesday, so never read the comments. And boy, is it a... It's a dark place, these comments these days. Uh, we will get to that coming up at 5.30. But we start with the top story today. Know yet about who's going to play start a quarterback? Yes, yeah, we're going to stick with Sam. Is it just because of what you saw anything last Sunday, or is it because of Jacoby's situation? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, but I thought what Sam did and went out and did the things that you know we were hoping he would be able to do. He did some really good things. I thought he... Managed a couple of drives very well, very nicely. And, um, you know, again, want to see him get an opportunity to finish it out. Sam Hell had a good first half on Sunday. And he looked composed and he looked like the guy that he looked like earlier in the season from like a mentality standpoint. He didn't look like the shell-shocked quarterback that played and ultimately got benched uh, multiple weeks in a row. And I think that, considering where we are in the season, is enough to justify this decision. I probably would have leaned this way in a 55-45 kind of lean. Um, so not quite on a razor's edge, but I do think there's a lot of merit for starting Jacoby this weekend if he is healthy and ready to go. I think the injury helps push it off of the razor's edge. It's like, hey, dude, hamstrings are funky. You don't need to go out there and find out that your hamstring's not actually ready, and then you go into the offseason needing to rehab versus the going into the offseason healthy. Let's just get you the offseason healthy. You're about to be a free agent. Um, just you're good, man. You're you go, go get, thanks for, thanks for all you've done. Uh, Jake Fromm will be the backup and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, but I also think that just as a younger guy, like getting him that start is good. Getting him the extra experience in a game that does not mean a whole lot is worth it. Um, and doesn't mean a whole lot for Washington. I should say it means nothing for Washington, uh, in terms of winning it. It means everything potentially if they lose it. Um, but it's, it's the right like Sam, Sam has been your quarterback one. He didn't perform so well that you have to bench him last week he, and you go from there. It doesn't change anything long-term. And I don't think him going out and throwing for 300 yards would change how I feel long-term. It just reminds you that he's capable of that, but we know he's capable of that. And Anthony, I think that's the thing that as I've been doing more thinking this week is really hard to, to swallow. And like, you know, we, we come out on, on sports radio and, and, you know, we're rewarded, if you will, for strong takes. Strong takes get attention. And I kind of hate that because I think things are often not super definitive. There are times where they are. And that's why, like, when I'm super definitive about something, it's because I feel really strongly about it. Um, but even yesterday where the headline is, like, it's time to name Sam Howell what he is, a, a backup at least right now at this stage in his career, like I don't think it's unreasonable to be like, no, you can start and win games. And I even said in, in the analysis yesterday, if you get beyond the headline and, and you listen to the entire segment um, and listen to me talk through it with callers and whoever, like, is there a world where you win 10 games with Sam Howell next year? Yeah, that world exists. It's just not the most likely outcome. 
and you shouldn't plan for a what if everything goes right scenario. That's how you get yourself in trouble. Potential gets people fired. So I think you have to just be realistic about like the concerns that you have about him, how they've manifested, the trajectory that he's on, and also be able to acknowledge that where he is on that trajectory, where he is on that road, is not at the very beginning where you can't play. It's not at the very end where he's awesome. It's somewhere in the middle where like some weeks he's going to look really good and some weeks he's going to be really bad. And most weeks he's going to be painfully average and not be good enough for you to win football games against good teams. And like, I think people struggle with that. People struggle with mediocrity more than they do with greatness or with terribleness because it's less definitive and it's much more gray. Yeah, I also just think <clears throat> this season alone, like we came into the season thinking the defense was going to, you know, lead this team to the playoffs. And, you know, there wasn't going to be a lot of pressure on Sam. So even if Sam did just play mediocre, you know, or just good enough to like possibly win games, put out put ourselves in position to, you know, win games, I don't th- I think people would be responding differently to Sam, but you know, since he started the season, you know, off really playing really good. You know, we, we started 2-1-0 for the first time since 2011. That's crazy. Uh, he was putting up numbers. We're taking the Eagles uh, to the, you know, to the brink Which of. felt so much better at the time than it really was. Like, exactly. Him lighting up the Eagles defense felt like it was something. Turns mm-hmm. out that's the Eagles defense. Exactly. So I just feel as though uh, what he showed early, like I think, people put him on like a higher pedestal than what he was necessarily ready for. Um, And I just feel as though, quite frankly, I do do think he needs a little bit more time. But I also think, you know, he's – his ceiling isn't that high, if if I'm being uh, completely honest. See, I, I think his ceiling is high because his arm talent is really good. Like mm-hmm. he makes big time throws. He's he's super creative. He throw from off platform. Like he does a lot of stuff that says, like, wow, if he could sure up the fundamentals, he'd be great. But like this position, people need to realize this. And like, if you take nothing else out of our radio show today, take this with you the next four months as we do quarterback evaluations. The most important trait a quarterback has is decision-making. Mm-hmm. Assuming they have the prerequisite of arm strength and stuff that gets you in the conversation in the first place, right? So, like, yeah. Um, it was funny. We were at a camp uh, when we did James Smith-Williams camp uh, this past summer. And it, Logan and I were out there, and Sam Fortier was out there writing something on it. And we were goofing off beforehand, before the, the camp actually started, and James was out there throwing with us too. And we were like throwing a five yard out and you do it from the hash and you realize to throw a five yard out in the NFL is like a 20 yard ball on a rope. Yeah. Like, I I don't think people realize the physical talent it takes to do the most basic stuff in the NFL against air, nevertheless with defenders. Um, And nevertheless, once you get out of seven on seven defenders and like a, a rush coming at you and real coverages and, like, but literally executing a basic throw, especially outside the numbers, is like, it's insane how talented these guys are. But assuming you have that, that talent, decision-making speed and accuracy is the most important thing you can have. Um, and that is something where Sam Howell struggles. And I think 
part of that is like your decision-making process involves the intake of information. You, you can't make decisions if you don't have all the information. And I don't think he sees the field particularly well, especially the middle of the field. And so like these are this, this is something that's going to become a theme, I think, during today's show, because I anticipate having to say tell this to folks on the phones. And, and it's certainly something that's going to come up and never read the comments later. Like, you know, people throw out different examples of quarterbacks who were bad early or quarterbacks who came out of nowhere and quarterbacks who were bad early, your Peyton Manning's, your Troy Aikman's, et cetera, who really did struggle in their first years. One, they showed a positive growth trajectory and two people anticipated some of the problems and, and ultimately like figured that they would work through them because they were in Aikman and Manning's case, one, one overall, they were literally the first picks in the draft. Sam fell to the fifth round because of certain deficiencies. And what he's done is display those deficiencies and never really improved on them from, I, I guess he did somewhat during the season, improve the sack to pressure ratio, but his solution for that was like vacating po the pocket in a way that caused other problems. He never like really learned how to just get rid of the ball faster yeah. and, and, and move within the pocket in a healthy way. So, like, people want to make these proclamations about certain guys and try to make the comparison instead of looking at the actual data in front of them as a defensive Sam. All I'm doing is looking at the data in front of me. And when I look at the data for, like, Kurt Warner or for Tom Brady or Brock Purdy, the best guys to, to come out of the late rounds and, and kind of shoot to superstardom, um, they were pretty successful early. Like, the thing about even Dak – like, were they asked to do a lot? Was Brock Purdy asked to do a lot last year? No. But they were successful in the mission. Like, they won a ton of football games early in their careers. Kurt Warner and Tom Brady both sat their first years, and their second year, a.k.a. the year Sam is in now, was their, like, explosion onto the senior. Brady won the Super Bowl. Granted, huge help from the defense, for sure, but he won the freaking Super Bowl. And Kurt Warner also won the Super Bowl. Like, 99 was Warner's second year in the league. It wasn't a four-in-whatever-this-is-about-to-be season. Four-in-13 season, assuming they lose on Sunday. So, you got to have one or the other. you got to either have immediate success that disproves the, 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 the deficiencies and why you were underdrafted, it turns out, or you got to be someone who says, like, or, or someone who everybody knows is going to be that guy, which is why you get drafted in the first round, which is why you get drafted 1-1 overall. It's not like draft status is handed out at random. You get drafted where you're drafted because you're good and scouts see a, a trajectory for you. And so when you go out as a fifth rounder, even if you were slightly underdrafted, maybe Sam should have been a third. Let's say he's a third rounder. And you go out and it's like, oh, that's all the reasons that guy's a third rounder? And you prove them right? No, you're not going to get more chances in the league. And ultimately, that's why a lot of third rounders wind up being backups. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's going to have a great career. But um, that great career is likely not going to be as a Super Bowl or perennial Super Bowl contending starting quarterback. Um, and that's just the reality. And, and if that's not the case, then Washington should probably keep looking for that. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. 
It is a Vibe Check Wednesday, so let's check the vibes of the fan base. How y'all feeling, Commanders fans, going into this final game of the season? I'm sure that will be mostly quarterback-centric, but open to other topics of Commanders discussion as well. 301-230-0980. It's the Hoffman Show taking your calls on the Ace Law listener line next. Who know yet about who's going to play start a quarterback? Yes, yeah, we're going to stick with Sam. They're sticking with Sam. Stopping show on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. The Ace Law listener line is 301-230-0980. It's a vibe check Wednesday. Uh, all season long we've done this on Tuesdays, but with the holiday, kind of bumped it back to Wednesday. So if you're a Wednesday listener instead of a Tuesday listener, hopefully you're an everyday listener. Uh, we're here starting at 4 o'clock each and every day, not only on the Team 980 and the free Odyssey app, but streaming live on YouTube as well at the Team 980. Uh, you get a little taste of what we do uh, with the callers here uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. Let's go to that Ace Law listener line and start off with Dantel and Frederick. Dantel, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call, guys, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you, and Happy I'm New Year thinking, to you, too. Dude, I'm thinking if we don't get Khalid Williams or Jaden Daniels here, it's just going to be another total catastrophe. It is so hard to get a high-profile quarterback. I mean, we haven't gotten one in over a decade with RG3, and and we were somewhat good then. I mean, until he made some certain situation. my opinion, he made his own bid, so I think that's how his career ended up with him making some bad choices. But Khalid Williams and, and Jaden Downs is what we're going to need because, my man, Sam Howell is not good. I mean, he's he's okay, but he's not good. And, yeah. I mean, if, I think if you put Sam Howell on the 49ers, it wouldn't be that much of a fall-off because I don't feel that Brock Purdy's that good. I mean, we don't have a Brandon Ayuk. We don't have Debo Samuels. We don't have Kittle, Christian so, McCaffrey. We, we, need to, we need to build this thing. So, and I think it starts sure. with the high-profile quarterback. All right, so I'm going to – you just made two contrary points, which I think is interesting. Thanks for the call. Um, much appreciated. But, like, this is the conundrum that I am in and will unravel over the next four months because I have not started my college stuff. I watched, obviously, some of the college football playoff the other night. Um, you know, I'm, I'm tangentially aware of what some of the draft analysts that do this stuff for a living think of certain quarterbacks. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I haven't sat down and started to watch these guys yet. I'll probably start doing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, but a lot of my, inf- like, I tend to rely more on scouting than evaluation, if you will. Um, I, you know, when I go to the combine, for instance, if I go again this year, um, you know, you start talking to people and you get some of the background of like the kids' makeup and a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think, I think because of the nature of Washington's pick this year, like spending some time watching the quarterbacks is going to be worth it. But I also don't pretend to be a professional scout. Um, so there's that as well. But, on a larger point, like you say two things there. You talk about San Francisco and Brock Purdy and how you don't think he's that good. One, I think Brock Purdy may have not started out that good last year, but Brock Purdy does a lot to elevate that offense. They don't ask him to do it very often, but when he is called upon, he is ready. And that is because they have created a system schematically and an ecosystem in terms of players around him that allows a quarterback of Brock Purdy's caliber and Brock Purdy's specific skill set to succeed. That dude is super-duper smart, and he's really accurate, and he's a great decision-maker. And so, yeah, I think they can win a Super Bowl pretty easily. Not pretty easily, 
But like they can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is not going to hold them back. He can make the plays that are necessary to win. And that's something that probably a year ago wasn't true. Like he's been allowed to incubate, to use a term that I've used a lot in the last month or so with Sam, and where I think the commanders failed Sam this season. Um, I don't think Sam is as good at some of the very specific things that Brock Purdy is good at. And I do think there would be a drop-off if he was in San Francisco. But I also think Kyle, if Sam was his quarterback, would have built it differently. So there's that too. The point I was, I think that's most important here, though, is you can't be like, what we need is all these other players, which is why we need to take the great quarterback. You pretty much only get one. You got to pick a path. Are we going to be elite at everything else? Are we going to build a great defense with great skill positions and very essentially a great offensive line? Or are you going to have a great quarterback that covers up for deficiencies elsewhere? Are you going to draft Joe Burrow and your offensive line being one of the worst in the league gets covered up because Joe Burrow's that damn good. Are you going to have an average ish offensive line in places and, you know, skill position players that are not as good anywhere else in in uh, Kansas city and a defense that for part of this run was more middle of the pack than what it is now or, and have Patrick Mahomes. Are you going to have, you know, Brady cover up for mediocre, a lot of stuff in new England. Over time, like very good defense. And then, you know, Brady made the offense work. Like you, you got to have a plan, a vision. By the way, I heard this the other day, which is nuts. You want to know how good Tom Brady is at covering up for stuff? The New England Patriots have not re-signed to a second contract, a draft pick that Bill Belichick has selected since 2013. They literally have gone an entire decade without re-signing a draft pick to a second contract in the first three rounds. They won multiple Super Bowls in that realm because Tom Brady's that good and Bill Belichick as a defensive coach is that good. So you can have a quarterback that covers it up, and if you get Caleb Williams, Caleb, by the way, Caleb Williams, or if Jaden Daniels is that guy, or if Drake May is that guy, or if Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix is that guy, great, that's the shortcut. The fastest path to do it is to get that right. It's also extremely difficult. And in some ways, it's easier, even though it's the long way around, to, to take Olufashanu, the tackle out of Penn State, a stud edge rusher with the, the 30, what it'll be, 35th pick, uh, the second pick in the, the second round, and then uh, another stud whatever, Maybe a, a Keon Coleman out of Florida State, big wide receiver, X wide receiver with your your forty whatever pick that you get from the Bears, or you trade down and you get try to you know target a tackle and Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia, and like you just build it up with studs all over the place, and get by with a Sam Howell caliber, or even you know you try to get trade back and get a late first and a late top ten pick if that's feasible. And you get Penix or Knicks at the end of the first round or the start of the second. And, you know, you're, you're whatever's in the first round. And you draft a guy that has a longer window, a longer runway than Sam Howell contractually and build up the roster around him. I think that's a feasible play as well. But with Howell, you run into a couple of issues. Mainly that uh, if you're, if you're going to take two, three years to build up the roster because you need a couple uh, years worth of studs, even if Sam is good the next couple of years and he winds up just being a bridge guy, you got to pay him in two years. Like this is the downside of a 
fifth round quarterback is the contract is four years, not five compared to a first rounder. And when he sits for a year and then the first year is this mixed bag of whatever, and your third year is a bridge year, all of a sudden you're staring down paying the guy if all of a sudden he flourishes in year four. And we call that a Daniel Jones special, even though Jones did it in the fifth year instead of the fourth. But he flourishes in the final year and you're like, do we pay him? Or do we move on? Like this is this is the conundrum you find yourself in. So it's it's not straightforward. It's not easy. And I, I think that actually highlights unintentionally that caller just highlighted the very like promising because there are multiple paths you could go down. And depending on what you think of these quarterbacks, like if Jane Daniels is your guy, then like sick, take him, go for it. I by no means I'm going to push back on that. But you just better think he's your guy. Um, because you're not hopefully then going to get a chance to draft that much higher that much longer um, because you're going to be, you know, good and win football games. Uh, 301-230-0980. I know that was just one call that I reacted in a long time to. Uh, We came into that segment a little bit late as well. So I promise to blitz through many more calls much faster next. It's a Vibe Check Wednesday on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Taking your calls on the Ace Law listener line at 301-230-0980. If you're in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Again, that's 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's go back to that uh, Ace Law listener line and keep it going on our Vibe Check Wednesday with JT. JT, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? And uh, happy New Year! And happy thanks, New Year to you as well. Yeah, you got it. Hey, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And uh, as far as the vibe, uh, my vibe, and I hate that my vibe is excited, uh, but it, it, it's to be transparent. That's exactly where it's at, man. Um, that we have sucked so bad that we're in a good position, and we're in a position to change. Uh, you know, where there's excitement around, you know, who, who, who will be able to, uh, select as a GM, who will be able to get as a coach. And then ultimately, cause I feel those are the most important decisions that, that gotta be, that have to be made, uh, this winter. And then what's going to happen in free agency. And then ultimately, you know, who, who are we going to draft? And I, one, one of the questions that I did have, cause I know obviously everyone, uh, saw Penix play, uh, the other night and I know he's coming off you know, two ACLs. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? Because uh, obviously, I, I think you know everybody wants uh, Caleb. I'm not sure what the Bears going to do. It, it looks as if uh, they'll they'll take Marvin or trade out of the pick. So I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know what? If Caleb will even be available. Um, I haven't been overly impressed with Drake May uh, from the stuff that I've seen. Um, I'm I'm Caleb would be my one and Jaden Daniels. And then I will go with Penix. But what's your thoughts on Penix? And uh, like I said, the vibe is I'm, I'm excited for all the change. Yeah, no, I appreciate the call. Uh, thank you. And I'm honestly excited too. Like I have been saying for months uh, on this show and on Take Command, like we're just going to have to survive the next couple of weeks, but this is an exciting time. Like there's going to be the changes that have long been needed to happen. And unlike in previous years where you you hope to get someone and, and hope it works out and you kind of have to take flyers, like – I think the commanders could be the top job on the market, depending on what you like. Like if you, of course, if you want an established quarterback, 
you're going to go to Los Angeles and you're going to take uh, Justin Herbert and you're going to, you're going to be very happy with that decision. But if you want flexibility, if you want the ability to build something and you want to be incredibly well resourced with who we think is a great owner in Josh Harris, based off what he's given his other organizations to work with, the devils have, have rebuilt very well. The Sixers are competitive year in and year out. Um, even if they haven't won the big one yet, I, I realize that, but again, 50 wins for six straight years is one of the best runs in, in the last decade of the NBA. And he has given his teams the resources to compete year in and year out. They just haven't always come through. And that's all you can ask for out of your ownership is do you have the resources to compete? And I do think because of that, the commanders are going to be a top destination for GMs and for coaches and for players for the first time uh, in a long time. Um, as specifically for Penix, um, again, I haven't watched a ton of these guys. The ACL stuff doesn't necessarily concern me a ton. I'd, I'd certainly have my questions about his rehab and, and stuff and kind of where he's at now. I, and I want my, my strength and conditioning staff to be able to look at some of the metrics and the numbers around that. Uh, my doctors to, to understand the, the surgeries and, and how he recovered and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the question I really have for Penix, is, and it's one that we actually talked about on yesterday's edition of Take 5, the the quick uh, off-day edition, if you will, of Take Command, where we don't do a full 45-minute podcast, but we just do like a 5-10 minute conversation, is his age. Like He is in his sixth year doing this. He is 23 years old, and it's not so much that he's old and like, oh my God, like he's going to retire before we ever get the money's worth out of him. Because quarterbacks that are good play into their mid 30s at this point, if not late 30s. But it's, you know, were you a guy that was dominant when you were younger, or you just get really good at college football because you're 23 years old now, beating up on 19 year olds? He's a guy that's had multiple consistent years, and he's shown a good growth trajectory. And from what I understand about him as a QB, like I'm, I'm somewhat interested in him. He has a good, he has a quick release. Um, obviously he's very accurate. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. We saw that in the, the semifinal the other night. I think there's a lot to like there. He's not like a super mobile guy, um, like a Jaden Daniels, obviously. Um, Caleb seems to be the guy that everyone agrees upon is special. Um, the opinions on May are all over the place. Nick's is, I think, another interesting guy. And, the one guy that I like, I kind of hope he goes back to school is JJ McCarthy. Um, he just seems he's super young. He's, he doesn't seem like he's built for the NFL yet. Um, but he might be a top 10 pick. So he might, and if Harbaugh leaves, especially like, why would you go back to Michigan at that point? Just come out and to be the high draft pick and hope you go to a place that, that is willing to have some patience with you. So I, I think the question you have to ask is like, if you were staring at a quarterback who's a gigantic flyer, and let's say Daniels is that guy or may like either one. You don't get Caleb Williams, the guy that you're sure about because new England, Robert Kraft is hell bent on starting the new administration in new England post bill Belichick with a number one guy who his new coach is in love with. And he's, he trades an RG three style, uh, you know, whatever to, with the bears to trade up from to, to number one. And Washington's like, we're not paying that. That's ridiculous. Good, good, prudent decision, right? Let's say that happens. If that happens and you're, you're staring at Marvin Harrison, who's the best receiver prospect in a, in a decade, Fashanu, very, very good left tackle prospect, uh, or two quarterbacks you take a flyer on, do you take the, the sure thing, the receiver or the tackle, and then try to trade back into the back end of the first round for a guy like Penix? And I think if, 
you ultimately tear out these QBs and you don't think there's a lot of separation between May, Daniels, Penix, Nix, McCarthy, then that would be my plan. I would try to package those two early seconds for a late first. If I have to give up a future second to do it, then fine. Uh, but that's that's how I would approach it and, and make sure that I get I get someone, but it doesn't have to be at the second, third, fourth pick, whatever they wind up with. Um, if you you don't think there's that much difference and, and you think that there is a huge difference in the quality of the other player that you can get. Uh, back to the calls we go on that Ace Law listener line. Let's go to Randy. Randy, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman Show. How you doing? Appreciate the time. Of course. Um, I just have to say that uh, I have to disagree with you and the, the last caller. I'm not taking a quarterback unless he's, his name is Bo Nix, and that's in, he's in the second or third round. I don't believe in Khalid. And I don't believe in the other guy. Uh, can, can I take a timeout? Why are people so all of a sudden calling him Khalid Williams? Anthony, did I miss a memo? It's Caleb Williams. No, 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 no. Caleb, that's my fault. That's my fault. Okay, no I just you're the it. second person that did it. I just wanted to make sure because sometimes guys are like, hey, now that I'm getting a professional, okay. my name is said this way. So I'm just making sure I didn't miss something. I wasn't trying to be rude, I promise. No, no, you didn't miss nothing. We, okay. we are human. We pronounce Okay, no, sometimes. all right. All good, continue. We make, we make, we make mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't take a quarterback there. If someone wants to grab a quarterback up top, I would trade back. See, the problem is Sam was forced to pass about 80% of the time. He didn't have no run game, and he only had 16 starts. He's basically like a rookie. And what, what bothers me is that in the beginning of the season, oh, Sam, he has potential. He's good, ah, and he falls off later on in the season. Now he sucks. That's funny. The problem with this team, problem with this town, excuse me, is they don't have any patience with their quarterbacks. That's why we suck. A fair evaluation would be to get the guy another year. And people overlook the fact that our defense sucked all year. They was giving up bombs, bombs after bombs. The defense was the problem, and Coach Rivera was the problem. To get a fair evaluation, Sam needs another year. We need to build the O-line up, get as many picks as we can, and build our team. And that's my feeling on it. All right, thanks Thanks for the call, Randy. Here's the problem with Randy's point. Sam is what the people who ultimately let him fall to the fifth round thought he was. Maybe he's a little bit better than that. Maybe he should have been a third rounder, let's say. But the difference between other guys who get chances and Sam Howell, who, by the way, has not had 16 starts. He's got 17 going on 18, and he's not a rookie. He is a second-year player, which from, like, an experience and, like, if he was growing standpoint, I've been someone who said, like, he's basically a rookie. But now that it's getting down to decision time on how you plan your future, I cannot state this more clearly than this. Time starts working against Sam Howell now because he's not a rookie. He will be in his third year. He is on a four-year rookie deal. The whole appeal of Sam Howell is not that he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. The appeal of Sam Howell was and remains, he could be pretty good, which is possible. I would say probably not likely that he's gives you a great shot to win every single week, can cut the turnovers, cut the sacks, be more deliberate with the football, be on time, all the stuff that people were concerned that he couldn't do, and then he proved them right. 
that you get through all of that, and then at the end of next year, you're like, yeah, we got our guy. Well, then guess what? You're in the final year of his rookie deal. And then you got to pay him. So if Sam, Sam was worth the flyer because if he turned out to be great now and like next year, you're like, Hey, if we can surround this guy with some stuff, we're in the Super Bowl next year versus like, Hey, we need another year to find out. The contract does no longer, it is no longer playing in his favor. And people just seem to want to ignore that. And you can't, you just, you just can't. That's not how the time space continuum works. It's the Hoffman show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We've got a couple more calls on deck. We've got some lines open as well if you'd like to call us at 301-230-0980. To that Ace Law listener line next on the Hoffman Show. But first, a look at what's trending. Vibe check time uh, here in the first hour of the show today, a.k.a. we're taking your calls on the Ace Law listener line at 301-230-0980. Yet another reminder, very important, that if you are in a wreck, Ace Law helps you Get a check. You call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's go to our guy, Lap. Lap, thanks for calling. Thanks for holding. You are on the Hoffman Show. Happy New Year, bro. Lap. Okay, let's skip Lap. Uh, Lap, I don't know, maybe fell asleep. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the mute button was on. Whatever happened. Uh, let's go to Zell in Hyattsville. Zell, thanks for calling. You are on the Hoffman show. How you doing, Mr. Hoffman? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm um, pretty good. Not too bad. Um, I, I listen to all these people talking and, you know, I, I hear their viewpoints and their stuff. And I, I, I say to myself, go, go get Caleb Williams. Just, just go get him. He can make all the throws. He's got um, NFL body type and, Stop playing around. I, I mean, Jalen um, Jalen Daniels is is good, and, I, and and he's like a Lamar Jackson. But you know, you want somebody here that can quarterback. I mean, can make all the plays and do all the different things. And and everybody talks about his his um um lack of uh, uh, of commitment and all this other stuff. And basically, most some people have don't even have even the the, the the facts about the man. I mean, they don't even go and ask him. You know. As his coaches, how he does, and, and people that play around him. So, stop. I mean, people need to stop messing around with these quarterbacks. I mean, you know, take take the guy who's NFL, who's NFL ready, who's NFL got an NFL body. Come on. That, that's all, right, all I'm thanks, saying. Thanks for the call, Zell. Uh, look, if Caleb Williams is really that dude, then yeah, you need to go get him. Um, I'm fascinated to see about the draft process tearing him apart. Um, and tearing him apart, you might find that oh, he's a really good quarterback. Like they, everyone gets super scrutinized and eventually you might just go like, yeah, we've done the scrutiny and he's awesome. There's a reason that he was as hyped as he was, but the idea that he's got like an NFL body, like he's six one two fifteen. like his official USC bio is like six one two fifteen. Sam Howell's not that different size wise, at least listed Sam, Sam's probably more like five eleven. Um, but like. It's not like he's Peyton Manning. He's not 6'6", 230. Um, so, I mean, he's not Trevor Lawrence, 6'5", 6'6". Or maybe Lawrence is 6'4". Point is, like, he's not massive, but he can make all the throws. Um, he's won a, a lot of games at Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, USC didn't go quite as well. And he does have a big personality. Like, you know, he's doing some of the, the GQ stuff. And, like, I don't have a problem with that. And some old school evaluator football knuckleheads will and like that's fine he's an eccentric personality uh with, with some of the stuff that he's he puts out there but like 
I have no problem with that. And I do think the point that Zell made is most correct is like, I care most about what his teammates think. I would care most about what his coaches think. I care about his work ethic. I care how much football matters to him. If I'm going to draft him one, one overall, it doesn't have to be the end all be all. You know, I think Nikola Jokic is, uh, is changing people's minds on how important the sport has to be to someone in terms of the grand scheme of their life, but it better be important to you as your job and your profession. It's not like Jokic doesn't work. He's just like, Hey man, like I play basketball. It doesn't need to be the end of, uh, the end all be all for, for my life. I hope I get remembered as a dad, not as a basketball player. Um, so can that apply to football to an extent? Yeah. But like also, you know, quarterback is so intensive in terms of the studying you have to do. It does need to be kind of outsized importance. If you're going to succeed, I care about whether Caleb Williams feels that way and has that kind of work ethic and dedication and understanding. Does he have the habits and all that kind of stuff? And if he does, and I'm only saying if, because I don't do scouting, but if he does, they should try to go get him. Maybe they would get dumb lucky and the bears would just pass. And they, they are so scared to trade out a one that they're not going to get the guy they want that, you know, they're like, we want Marvin Harrison. And if we trade out of one, we're not going to get him. If we trade with New England at three, we're going to have to, and maybe you could do something like that. Like you trade up, um, you know, you can, can just screw the Bears out of at least the third pick and get Fashanu at three because Caleb goes one. You trade New England trades back to three, then trades back up to two. I don't know. Like, there's a there's a lot of possibilities here, um, in terms of making sure that you get the best players possible. But at the end of the day, like, if Robert Kraft is willing to offer three future firsts for to move up from three to one to get Caleb Williams, like, I'm not that interested. It's too much in a, on a roster that that needs too much. So, um, it's it's gonna be a long four months. Uh, let's go to Mark in Greenbelt. Mark, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Mark. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Well, I was I was listening um, a little bit about, you know, what you were saying about the quarterback situation. And as far as with Sam Howe, I think – um, you know, I know you were saying basically he's like in his second year. I mean, technically he is in his second year, but he really, really is a rookie, really, if you look at it. because Except for he's, you know, he's not. Played. Like, the, the problem is, Mark, is like from an experience standpoint, yes. And I agree with that in terms of his trajectory. Yeah. And he's a young second-year player, by the way. He is younger than some of the guys that we're talking about that are going to get drafted. But he's two years right. into the four-year contract, and that matters. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But I think it's going to – now, I would like to see them proceed with how, but, you know, I'm realistic. I know anytime you have new ownership, it doesn't matter. I think I even heard somebody say, you know, how could be going out there and playing great, and it's not going to matter because the ownership is going to want to put their stamp – on this team, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson, they're going to want to put their stamp on this team, and they're going to probably want to bring their own guy in. Um, I've been watching some some tape of some of these quarterbacks, and I've been thoroughly impressed with uh, Jaden da- James Daniels. I've been watching some tape on him, and uh, of course, Caleb Williams is he's like a magician with the ball in his hand. I mean, he's uh, I've even heard some people say he's kind of 
does some things like Patrick Mahomes and watching some of the things, you know, I know he's All only right, thanks, thanks for the call, Mark. Oh, my God. Anthony, I, I love doing calls and stuff, but this can't be our next four months, bro. I mean, <laughs> we've that, got, there's got to be something more stimulating. There's got to be something better than folks calling in, fans calling in with their quarterback evaluations. That, I mean, maybe we could do that as a fun bit for a day. We just have scouts day where everyone comes in and you break down tape and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the show down in the performance space and we'll put a sign outside that says all NFL scouts here and people can line up and they can, they can give their best take. We'll put like a two minute timer on it and we'll do a full three hour show of fans scouting quarterbacks. Yes. The guy who won the Heisman trophy and the guy who is the unanimous like or not unanimous, but is the consensus number one overall pick are intriguing. Yes, 100%. The commander should absolutely consider them. That is not earth shattering. That is not revelatory. It, it, it's not incorrect either. We just, it's not that entertaining of radio is all I'm saying. So what can, here's what I would like. Here's what I would like. Um, you can tweet me. At Craig Hoffman, you can threads me, reply to me on threads, uh, at Craig underscore Hoffman. You can DM me on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman. Um, you can email me, uh, hoffmanshow.com, or just my work email is craig.hoffman at odyssey.com. How do, what do you guys want for the next four months? What, how do we want to do this? Because we're not going to come in here every single day. And just say, open phone lines. Hey, I think Jane and Dan, and this is not to pick on Mark or pick on any other caller. Um, but we can't just be like the same three guys are good at college football. That's the answer. We'll do some of that as, as we're around the combine and we get some actual more information about these guys. But we can't, this is not, we're going to do, I hope this comes off as like a hopeful thing that people are excited about and not me being a jerk. We're going to do better than that for the next four months until the draft. That is my promise to you is we're going to do better than lazy. Hey, let's go to Bob in, in Bethesda. I think Jaden Daniels is good. Okay. Let's go to, to Jim in Annapolis. I think so-and-so is good. Okay. Let's go. We're not going to do that for four months. That's terrible radio. My promise to you is we're not going to do it. So what do you guys want instead? Uh, that's, that's, you can tweet me. You can email me. You can send a carrier pigeon. Uh, whatever you do. Uh, up next, Logan Paulson, his analysis of why it is time to consider all of those guys as opposed to just sticking with Sam Howell. Why he's ready to definitively say that Sam Howell is not the commander starter in 2024. Take command on a Wednesday next.